on in. So grateful that you're here. Once we lose all the kiddos, they're all gone. Man, with all of the adults to take care of them. Um, this past week, uh, I had the uh, joy of being a part with many, many others as we were at uh, a conference that Elam Fellowship does annually. And uh, it was a good time being able to reconnect with friends, uh, some who I've known for years, some who are relatively new. But it was wonderful being able to be among brothers and sisters as they share together and to hear just a sense of vision that the Lord has for Elam Fellowship. And the reason I mention that is for those of you that might not be aware, I myself, as well as several others in our midst, are credentialed through Elam Fellowship. I've been ordained through Elam Fellowship for a number of years now. And this church is affiliated with Elam Fellowship. And we look to them for leadership, for encouragement, for direction at times, help when we need it. But we're grateful for that association over the years because we believe that everybody needs some level of connectivity or else you can get kind of off on your own and you can kind of uh, lose some balance in your life that we all desperately need. So it was a good week. Um, today, we have the privilege of having one of the elders of Elam Fellowship with us. Uh, I've known Bernard and Sharon for a number of years, and I've told you before, um, one of the things for which I am most grateful for is their care for their people. Uh, I was a relatively young man uh, at the time, and I was pastoring a small church in Sterling, New York, and uh, it, was a, um, it was a challenge. Uh, there were a lot of things that went on that were difficult, although God used every single one of them in my life. I spent more time on my face in the prayer room with this ugly shag carpet just saturating it with my tears, uh, just knowing that, God, uh, I'm, I'm not doing this. I can't do this without you. I'm blowing it. But I can remember still the day that I got a call, and it was uh, Brother Al Ham, who was over in Oneida, New York, said, um, we would like to meet with you and your wife. We didn't know what it was about. We thought we were probably, I was in trouble again. Wouldn't be the first time. And uh, he said, we would like to meet with you. And when I got there, there was Al Ham, who was also an elder of Elam, Brother George Veach, who you know, and then Brother Bernard. And they basically said to Karen and I, we have been watching what's been going on at the church, and we just feel like it would be best for you to not have to be there right now. And that was for us a rescue. And we are forever grateful. Now, the truth is, we still love those people, and we still stay connected as much as we can. And God did some really good things there. And we've, we've actually connected with some of them since then and see how God has changed their lives. Uh, but I, I just, in fact, recently, uh, probably about a year or two ago, Karen and I got a letter from a young teenager, probably not even a teenager, who sat in church one of those Sundays, gave his heart to the Lord, and felt God called him to missions. And he's actually serving God on the mission field today. So I'm just grateful to God for what he did there but also for the brethren who rescued us at a very difficult time in our lives. I don't know, honestly, if we would have been able to keep going if it weren't for that salvation that they extended to us. So they mean more to us than you can imagine. These guys represent, for me, people who are like heroes of the faith for me. Uh, they've been married for 53 years come June 5th, you said. June 5th. 14 grandchildren. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. And two in heaven. Uh, so I, I am jealous. Uh, we've only got our little group, so we need to get going, guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, when I used to tease my kids about having babies, every time I would tease them, April would say, every time you do this, we're going to wait longer. <laughs> so I didn't mean what I said. <laughs> <laughs> But we are so grateful to have uh, people that we esteem so highly and that mean so much to us. Um, Brother Bernard is actually going to bring the word to us today. And I know every time he's come, he has had just an amazing word for us. Uh, but Sister uh, Sharon 
has what I believe is one of the more significant gifts of exhortation that I've heard. She's able to stand and be so real but hit to the hearts of people in just such a, a pointed way. I have ever been grateful every single time she has shared. I've watched her life over the years. She is as normal as you can get, but she's also amazingly spiritual in it. And I love that because I think that's what God wants. He wants us to be supernaturally natural. And that's kind of how I have viewed her all of these years. And when I look at their family, I see the grace of God that he has extended to them and the way in which he has gifted them to be mothers and fathers of the faith. And that's what they have been to us. And I trust that you will receive them that way. So would you please welcome them? Sister Sharon, would you come first and bring a word to us? It's, it's dear. It's just dear to be here. And um, I, I do have a word that I feel like the Lord wants me to share. Um, Come buy of me gold. Come buy of me gold. You know, in economic times, gold is, is more and more valuable. And, um, but the rest of that verse is try, tried in the fire. Tried in the fire. And I feel like um, I have been being reminded of the value and the wealth found in adversity and in trouble and in difficulties, and in especially the difficulties that overwhelm us, those particularly, come by of me gold, tried in the fire. And in that same portion, it talks about how, um, right down a few verses, Jesus knocking at our doors, the, uh, our heart's door, because sometimes, often even, when we are going through difficulty and overwhelming circumstances we withdraw from the Lord we draw back and uh, the Lord wants to invite us in to share with us his love often when we're going through difficult times the enemy knows that we're vulnerable and he can come to us and say even what brother uh, pastor has referred to in their time of of that um, pastorate the, the enemy can come in and say who are you what are you worth? Look at what you're doing. You're not getting it. You're messing it. You're missing it. You're not spiritual. You're going you're gonna to amount to nothing. What's, what about your kids? What about your job? What about those relationships that are so difficult? And I want to tell you, those are the very things. And we, be, we become stewards of our difficulties. And that's a, a concept that... Um, Somebody else passed on to me because I never thought about being a steward of my difficulties. But the stewardship means that we take them to the Lord quickly, as quickly as possible. As quickly as we can realize, oh, this is for me. God is doing something for me. Because it's always, the difficulty is always to grow us and to birth us into a wider place. A place of more influence than ever. It just seems so crazy and opposite of what it feels like. It's like, well, I'm going, nothing. This is, I'm going down into the black hole, nothing. And yet God is actually birthing us into the next level of effectiveness so that even as we are birthed into one after another, we can find ourselves walking into a room. And just because of what's happening in our embracing the Lord in these difficulties, walk into a room and the atmosphere changes. Walk into a family difficulty and have a word that is a key, not even knowing maybe that we have it. I love the fact that moms of young, mom and dads of young children get this whelm a lot. Like when they're sleep deprived, we have three children that have had four children close together. And so I've had a ringside seat watching Moms of <laughs> April Shake, you've seen it too. Well, you had four, didn't you, April? Yes. And, and uh, to see what it does, it's, I have said that it's the decentralization of self. It, uh, getting married is the decentralization of self. And then the Lord woos us into having 
uh, more responsibility, more responsibility. And in that responsibility, we're brought to the end of ourselves again and again. If you're not married, if you don't have children, don't worry. The Lord has other assignments for you that will do the same thing. <laughs> because he's for us. And I love the book of Romans. I love the book of Romans. I've listened on my uh, an app on my phone to Romans 8 over and over and over again these days because the Lord brought me through a season of dry. Ugh, dry. Just dry. You know, when other people are getting all blessed out of their shoes and, and you're sitting there. I don't know. Maybe nobody ever here feels dry. And the word isn't speaking to you like it used to. And, uh, and, and stuff, just stuff. And then on top of that, the dry, this long season of dry, then sickness. I, had a, I never get sick. But I've had a, a season of, of illness. There's one thing after another. And it's like, oh, I, I knew what the psalmist said. When my soul cleaves to the dust. You don't feel spiritual, you know, when you're fighting physical difficulties. Often you don't feel spiritual when you're walking through these things. It's not about feeling spiritual. It's about understanding what, what God is here for. He loves us, and he's using these difficulties to grow us. And I have said enough. <laughs> Bernard says, when I'm not at home, he says, oh, it's so quiet around here. I miss you. <laughs> blah, 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 blah.
Paul says in Romans 8, we're back there again, for he did not give us a spirit of bondage unto fear again, but he has given to us a spirit of adoption whereby, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. So much of our struggles in life comes back to this root. Do we not know that we are in him? And he's in us. And that he has given us a different spirit than the spirit that we used to have when we walked the ways of the world. He has given us his Holy Spirit, a comforter who walks with us, but even more so, he says he's in us. The spirit of Christ himself in us. Isn't that an amazing truth? Would you stand with me? <clears throat> you recognize today, Lord Jesus, I need to make sure my identity is established in you. Not in my performance, not in my history, not in my failings or in my successes. My identity is established because you have called me your own. Yeah. If that's your heart cry, saying, God, that's what I need in my life. I need to stop comparing. I need to stop worrying about what other people can or can't do. I need to concern myself with knowing you. That's what, that's what Jesus said in John. John 17, he says, this is eternal life that they might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. It's not about how good you think you are or how good you performed today or yesterday. It's about being in Him. In Him. All through Ephesians, it's like 122 times, Paul says, in Him. Seated with Him in heavenly places. He has made us accepted in the Beloved. All throughout the Scriptures, the New Testament says, okay, in the old, it was all about whether you could perform, whether you got things just right. But you guys missed it because it was about way more than that, even back then. Because the law was spiritual. The law was holy. The truth was, it was always about knowing him. And there was one person, by the way, who caught it. His name was David. David said, I don't understand all the rest, but I know this. I want to be in his presence. So he goes into the tent with the, the holy things there where normally you can't go. But he says, I don't care. I'm going anyways, because I know there's something better than that. That's what it's about, knowing him, being in him. So if that's your heart cry, would you just raise your hands and say, hey, that, that's what I want. I want to be lost in him. I don't want to have to worry about other junk in my life. I want him. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that that Holy Spirit, which you promised to us and that you gave on the day of Pentecost and remains with us still today, that same Holy Spirit would convict our hearts, would convince us of righteousness, of your rightness, O oh God, but even more so that we are right in you. We are in Christ, the hope of glory. Lord, let that resound within our spirits today, that we no longer have to prove anything. We don't have to be able to perform perfectly. We don't have to get the law down. We don't even have to sacrifice animals anymore because there was one sacrifice once for all. And that blood still cries out. In the same way that the blood of innocent Abel cried out to God from the ground, the blood of Jesus Christ still cries a better covenant. And so today, Father, we pray that you would make us more and more aware of who we are because of where we are. And we are in you. And you are in us. Let that Holy Spirit that is our comforter bring that kind of joy to our lives and that we have a word for those around us in the world who don't have that hope. We don't do it with pride. We don't do it with arrogance. We do it with great humility, but with joy and peace in our hearts that there is a better way because there's a better Savior. It's not the world of politics that's going to save us. It's not the world of academia. It's not the world of industry. It's the word of God and the kingdom of God that has the power for salvation. So Lord, let that resound in our spirits today that we, your people, we are your people called by your name. Lord, it's no longer uh, the way we used to be. In fact, Paul says again and again, this is the way you used to act in bygone days. But that's not who you are anymore, that we are in you. Lord, let that be like something that continues to erupt within us on a day-by-day -day basis when we're facing 
conflicts, when we're facing challenges, when we're facing struggles, let us remember whose we are and who we are, that we belong to you. And Lord, we commit that even as we said yes to you, however many years ago, we know that as we've walked with you longer, the truth is you first said yes to us. You chose us that we would be in you. And we're going to walk with that confidence, Father, not in ourselves, but in your kindness that you have in pouring out your Holy Spirit upon us. Lord, let that blessing of the Comforter be our portion on this Pentecost season as the Holy Spirit himself was poured out upon all flesh. Let that be our experience. Let that be our foundation, our bedrock. And let that be what we walk in day by day. We pray it, Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, by the Spirit of the living God. In your name, amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. Have a great rest of your day.